Welcome back to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian, and I have a special guest with me, Kyle. He's right across the table. I can reach out and touch the man. He's right He's right here. We can like high five and such. There it is. So Kyle Fields, my videographer, is here in the flesh, and I'm going to, we're going to do a cool little show together. So we're going to have some fun with it. Before we get into the show, I've got to shout out our sponsors, Maritime Knife Supply. That's where you're going to want to check out all of the best knife materials between mono steels, between handle materials, all the doodads, all the things you need to make a knife, go check it out at maritimeknifesupply.ca. If you want to upgrade your knife into the next level, check out Baker Forge and Tool. That's where you're going to find the best Damascus out there. It's so incredibly nice to check out their Damascus and see what they've got going. It's always, oh my gosh, have you, Kyle, you've seen me use Baker Forge. What do you think of that stuff? Uh, it's it's amazing. Whenever it comes in and you make a knife with it, it's just spectacular. It, it's it's something it's a sight to behold. Yeah, for sure. And go check them out at bakerforge.com. Use the promo code WFI10 for 10% off. I mean, come on, you need that 10%. It's so nice. Also, thank you to the Patreon supporters. We couldn't do the show without you. I would normally play the intro music, but we don't have it this time. We we are using a different roadcaster. Uh, we didn't get it loaded. I'm sorry, guys. So let's just jump into the show, Kyle. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, you can definitely blame me for the lack of intro music. So make sure in the comments or wherever you interact with the show, say, Kyle, we hate you. <laughs> no, we don't hate you, Kyle. Come on. Come <laughs> no, I'm on. doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing decent. I'm doing decent. I had a fun week. Uh, before we get into it, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a shout out? Where can people find you? already with the shout out man well yeah i gotta get it off the top i figure we let people buy in first and then they you kind of you know sink the hook i suppose <laughs> now um you can find me on instagram at kfieldsvid. uh i don't really post much often um but you know you can send me a message um be like hey where did the intro music go? <laughs> yeah that's that's where you can send your complaints just right there to kate what is it kfields vid correct yeah if, if my dms were filled with Kyle, where's the intro music? That would make me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Dude, you and I go back a long time. I've always like, I mean, when I first met you at Bandcamp, what what year was that? Uh, 2014. 2014. Yeah, it's coming up on nine years now. That's wild. I know. I was a young little whippersnapper and, and Brian was like, you must have been a senior that year? Junior. Junior? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was just like. I don't know. There's a, there was a few people in, in the section in marching band that were just like, Oh, they're so cool. <laughs> and I was like, come on. Well, come on. You remember me. I came in with my, my big Afro. Well, here's the thing. Back then I had hair. You had way more hair. <laughs> we both reduced the amount of hair we have <laughs> for sure. Although for yours, sure. you got quite a healthy beard before yeah. then it was real clean. Well, we have to describe this crazy afro you had before. Oh like you came in, you came into band camp and like for the first, what was it? A full week it, you kept the afro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, it, I have um, some, a lot of Polish in me. So I guess that's where the, the curly hair comes from. And all throughout high school, I just grew it out. Like it was just super long. I never cut. Well, that's not true. Um, I'm outing myself. I, I got my hair cut by my mom pretty much all through high school. <laughs> I mean, I still get my hair cut by my mom. It's it's cool. It's yeah. fine. It's a no. free haircut. Why not? Yeah. And so and after that first week of band camp, um, shoving it like we had a, a show where we were in full uniform 
And part of the uniform code was that there was not supposed to be hair showing under the helmet. Yeah. So I probably had 15 minutes with just like all the, um, the ladies of our section, like hair clipping it up, hairspray, they were going crazy. And, um, I was just, yeah, after that, I was like, I, I need to get a cut. <laughs> Enough of that crap. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, it was just like no holes bar. Now I'm, you know, a handsome guy. I would like to think. <laughs> and humble too. <laughs> <laughs> the hair, the curly hair is coming back a little bit. I'm, I'm glad that the Gen Z has brought back curly hair as cool, you know? Is that a thing? Maybe I, I just don't interact with them at all. Oh, it's like a meme with like the broccoli heads. Oh yeah. You know, like back, back when I did it, I was a huge nerd and dork and look, you know, like a band kid. And now <laughs> I was going to say we were in marching band. We're all <laughs> nerds and dorks. Yeah. But like now, now it's cool to have curly hair and I'm glad that the youngins have, uh, have brought it back. I feel vindicated. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I kind of want to get into what you do now professionally because you are you've got a weird combination of skills mm -hmm. where it's videography you went to school for videography you've also got your master's in business recently mm -hmm. so you know that is one hell of a combination how are you like using both of them in your day-to-day -day life sure if you want i can just kind of give like a full background Oh, yeah you kind of spoil the story but i can kind of go oh. start from the start no sorry man i'll just shut up for the next hour you can take it no 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 <laughs> um well i went to my undergraduate degree um from college was in broadcast and cinematic arts mm -hmm. um funny enough i actually did radio for most of that so i was like on on the air holding my own radio shows um and only really got into video right at the end um i realized that like audio stuff you kind of have to rely on other people to do projects and so it was hard to practice outside of just doing radio shows sure and so one of my last projects before i left college was i did a large full-length documentary on the marching band uh an hour and a half long and that was like my uh, i called it my magnum opus of my college career which sounds a little bit uh, not humble but <laughs> very grandiose i mean it was blending all my passions so um, you can find that on my YouTube channel link through my Instagram. So you find me on Instagram, but that's a lot of steps. So I don't blame anyone for not doing that. Um, so after that, I did some freelancing, um, was terrible at it really bad. I didn't know how to sell myself. Um, and then I got a job at my alma mater and I've been there for almost well, two and a half years now, mm -hmm. um, doing commercial video. So I, the, office that I'm a part of is marketing and PR essentially for the university. Sure. And I've been doing one of the first projects was a Super Bowl commercial. It was a regional Super Bowl commercial. So it wasn't like national TV. Now I've got to interject with a story because yeah. that year I knew that you had a Super Bowl commercial and like the entire Super Bowl I refused to get up. Like I, <laughs> there were times where I needed to go to the bathroom. I needed to go get snacks. Never did I get up because I could not miss my buddy Kyle's freaking Super Bowl commercial. Did you ever end up seeing it? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I loved well, it. I was super excited about it because I can. I, it was week two of me and my job. We were tasked to do a Super Bowl commercial in a week and a half. We had a week and a half to put something together. Yeah, I remember that because, you know, we were we were kind of talking. I think we we're doing I forget which video around that time. Oh, but I yeah. remember you being like super stressed about it because <laughs> you you start doing this position and within a week and a half, you need to have something ready to be in front of millions of people. Yeah. And the coolest part about it is I convinced everyone to have 
our marching band, the university's marching band front and center. Like the, the music track was, um, was a drum beat and we had the drum major. The drum major was the first shot of the Super Bowl commercial. So that was really cool that I convinced them that marching band is cool enough to be in a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of that, that was, you know, okay. The, when you only have a week and a half, <laughs> the first idea is the best idea. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like I did some convincing. I, yeah. I, I went up and sold it a little bit, but I've been doing that for two and a half years. Um, we've been through a few different campaigns. I work with a lot of graphic designers. Um, I have, uh, the, our, our marketing team is, is amazing. Um, PR communications, and then also the website people. Um, so those are the people I've been working with for a while. And because I was working at university, I had the opportunity to go back to school for my master's and get it like severely discounted, like 90% off or whatever. Um, and so I was like, well, I had a business minor and I feel like if I go and get my master's in business, that I would be really marketable. No one could take away from your master's degree and it would make me a little bit more well-rounded as a professional. So I finished that um, this past May. It mm -hmm. took about a year and a half to do my master's. And now, um, you know, I'm just here doing my job, but all in between, I've been working with Brian. Uh, I think we started working together on Beacon Nice in 2020, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we go back that far just working professionally together. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember sitting in that shed, having me just nervously stutter through line after line, trying to get that <laughs> first video we put out. Yeah. Well, wow. if you go back and watch it too, like I was begging you to add more energy and like, you know, be really much more animated. Yeah. And like, it was still just kind of like really <laughs> super robotic. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen that first video, like I, Obviously, we've improved a lot more, but it is fun to go back and see how much you've improved you, Brian, how much you've improved in, in your performance. Even when you turn on the microphone right now and there's like a podcast voice. Yeah. I'm like, ah, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> if only you could do this in his regular life. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I'm much yeah. more articulate right now than I usually am. I'm wow. Thinking, that only makes sense. Thinking hard about it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've one thing that I truly appreciate about our relationship together, both, you know, personally, we hang out significant, especially back in college. You know, we'd get together and play tanks. Mm -hmm. That that was, you know, it, that was really like the beginning of our close friendship. Yeah. And then, you know, that rolled into, hey, why don't you come over and film me make a knife? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, holy shit, this is fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Uh -huh. <laughs> so one thing that I really appreciate about our professional um, relationship is that like I have gotten to the point where I don't need to futz or think about, oh, is he getting this shot? You know, what is what if he doesn't get this thing? Mm -hmm. I can do a talking head, take a couple tanks at a couple takes at a talking head to get the idea started and then i can just you know start making a knife and know that you're going to get all the good shit yeah 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 we've definitely gotten really good at um knowing what is eventually going to make in the video right um and then just being efficient with our own time because like early on it was we were doing the knife and i would be recording the whole time which yeah if you know anything about video production and like certain cameras that can take up a lot of space. Those early projects are like a terabyte, terabyte and a half because it was just recording all the time. But now we're in the shop. I get a few, get a few shots, let him do, let Brian do his thing, ask mm -hmm. him to do something if need be. But otherwise we trust each other to, yeah. to get it done. Yeah. 
Let's get it done. It is cool. It's a cool blending of passions. I tell everyone yeah. about my work with you. Oh, you know, always be plugging, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it's it it's cool to have someone. Um, you know, I'm creative in in the sense that I'm documenting things. Sure. Uh, you know, there's sometimes I can create something on my own, but like you are, it almost feels like magic sometimes. Like you're a little magician. You're like, okay, here's an idea. Poof, there it is. Like there's creativity your plan and it's physically there like you know it's it's tangible not to devalue what i do but like you're creative in the sense that you're actually creating something very physical and tangible which is really cool so i kind of want to pick your mind on the difference between the two because like you just said when i finish a project i have a knife that then goes into somebody's hand and you can look at it up close you can take a microscope to it and see all the flaws mm -hmm. you can take it and put it 10 feet away and still see all those same flaws. <laughs> but when, when yours, like when you finish, it's on a, it's on YouTube or it's, you know, mm -hmm. just something that you have to watch. There's, there's a very different, different feeling to it, mm -hmm. but yet it still takes a same level of passion, the same amount of drive to make it happen and make it perfect. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel like you just brought up? It said, you said that, you know, it feels different. What can you kind of hone in on? What is what really is the crux of that? Well, I mean, if we're going to get really philosophical, yeah. like this, this blends well with my own personal philosophy and, um, it, the, everyone has a phone in their pot, broad pocket. Everyone has a phone in their pocket. Remember when I said, I'm usually not this articulate. Yeah. Of course I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> not good anyways, everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Um, digital cameras, you can go to target. You could buy a decent one for like, I don't know, six or $700. And photos are so, they take so little room. You can snap 2000 and it'd be nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just like take a, a 2000 photos, take 2000, 3000, 4000, record a bunch of videos. Like everyone's on their Snapchat, on their Instagram stories. Like the distribution of media is so easy and the bar is so low, which is awesome. It's really good. But one of the side effects, at least for me, is that it feels like it devalues some of those moments. And um, like the tangibility of it too. So I've, I'm going to sound like a hipster, which I am like, basically all my hobbies are very hipster like, um, but I have film photography. I have, I started recording videos on an old VHS camcorder. Yeah. I have a huge vinyl collection and there's something to it's like, it's a, a tangible connection to what you're engaging with. So like the film photography, you have 36 exposures on a roll. It costs a lot of money to get them developed and it costs a lot of money to buy sure. the film. So you have to be very intentional with your issue. And therefore, because there's less of it and you're so intentional, it has, it's more substantial. Like sure. you feel more connected to it. Um, the vinyl, like if you buy old vinyl, new vinyl is recorded digitally most of the time. Old vinyl is recorded analog and then it was pressed. So like there's a very direct connection between that. So um doesn't mean that the digital work that I do is means any less but you know it it's like so easy to to push out a youtube video and get 2000 views and but you know your knife you get to have a very you have one one specific knife that is just like it even if you make one just like the same material the same shape um it's not going to be the same as they're all unique so right there's a it increases the value of that one unique thing but you know the video that you watch there's an unlimited copy of it. You know what I mean? Like now there's an unlimited copy and you can see it from anywhere. However, 
a Kyle shot video is highly different than, you know, a shot. For instance, a straight one to one is if I record a video like I try to do a vid. I've done that quite a few times mm-hmm. where I try to shoot it myself and edit it myself. It is remarkably less quality than if I have you doing it for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it sounds de- self-deprecating. Um, but obviously whoever's doing it can add value there too. Sure. But um, mostly I think the reason why I appreciate your stuff is because I literally do video production all day. Like sure. I'm in premiere at my desk for six to eight hours a day, five days a week, four weeks a month, you know, like, so it's just this same old, same old for me. So it, it doesn't, it's not as uh, remarkable, but for someone outside that doesn't do that all day, every day. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, if I were to walk into your space and see you, I mean, I would be just as at awe. I mean, it's, it's a, one of those things, the more you're exposed to something, the less exciting it is, mm-hmm. you know, there's something to yeah, it. We all go through that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you like, I want to jump back to that Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to like, let's kind of deep dive. What was the, was there a lot of fervor? Was there a lot of like strife about, oh shit, we got to get it done. What, what did the back end really look like? Yeah, sure. I mean, we started, um, it, someone decided, someone important decided that we wanted a Super Bowl commercial and it needed to be done. I guarantee you he doesn't listen. You can call him out if you no, want. No, I'm not going to. Oh, come on. No, no, no. <laughs> um, someone, one of some, someone in a leadership position wanted this Super Bowl commercial. Sure. And um, I'm going to, business wise, when you're collaborating with people, like processes matter a lot. Sure. And the more you work together with someone, the more efficient you will be, um, the more on the same page you will be for goals. And so, for instance, the university has brand language. Right. Um, they have brand pillars. We lift each other up. We set the leadership standard. Um, I'm now I'm quizzing myself. Um, real world results. Um, <laughs> so like everyone, there's a habit of w- everything we put out, like all the communications, all the media we create, we'll try and touch on one of those brand pillars. Sure. Um, so the more you do it, the better you're going to eventually collaborate with other people. Makes sense. All to say that. We were not at that point with a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> well, you were brand new with it, you know? Well, just the, our state of our office and how we collaborated, we've we've grown a lot since yeah. then. This, that, this was March 2021, and um, I guess that's like two two years and some change. Sure. Um, we've gotten a lot better at this, but at the time, we didn't really have a, a project management software that we really used. Um, so it was a lot of meetings, every, like twice twice a day. And just like, okay, what's up? What's up? What's up? And then I think there was 80 versions of the same file. <laughs> no. And I was one of those people that was like Super Bowl commercial version 25, <laughs> Super Bowl commercial version 26. Or my favorite was when we get to the end of something and it's, you know, Super Bowl commercial final. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, 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 Super, yeah. Super Bowl commercial final final. Yeah. No, really final this time. <laughs> <laughs> like you just keep renaming final over and over again. Yeah. And my, my coworker Mel actually convinced me to stop doing that. 
Okay. You're not going to, no one is ever going to look through all 80 versions just to see the incremental changes to see where it goes. Yeah. No, no one cares about that. So just name it the one file and replace it every time. But anyways, we got up to 80 and because we didn't have project management software that we had one of our marketing leadership people, she would get like this one time specifically. I remember we're like three or four days out before delivery and we were supposed to make these changes. Sure. And we, I think we send it out and she saw it and it was like 10 versions late. Like it was 10 versions before. Oh and my God. We got, we got in a meeting and she was like, she really chastises like, what the heck? What can I swear? Oh, I, we drop motherfuckers on this podcast. Okay. You're fine to swear. Okay. Go for it. Well, she's like, what the hell? What the hell is that like going <laughs> You're on? You're worried about hell? No. Come on, man. You got sponsors and everything. I don't know. Oh no, it's fine. Okay. Um, Anyways, she was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Like, what the fuck were you guys doing this? Like the last two days, sure. nothing has changed. And she just like laid into us. And yeah. later on, she realized it was like an old version. And we're like, we just stood there and, and, and we just had to take it because like, <clears throat> I don't know, like we're all <laughs> running around the chickens, like chickens with their head cut off. Sure. You know, we were doing 10 or 11 hour days trying to get this thing done. Um, but it was cool at the beginning to ha be like kind of the idea leader. So like I pitched the idea of the drums, the marching band and like to have that in be involved. But with higher ed insti institutions, there's so much collaborating. Like everyone has a stake. It's called um, shared ownership. Mm -hmm. I think that's the specific, specific term. But like everyone has a say and how, how everything works. There's like right. the reporting structure is weird. Um, within the office, it's more hierarchical, but across the university, like if one person uh, expresses dissent on an idea, it can pause a whole project. Just one person that might not even be involved directly with it. So like on a smaller scale with the Super Bowl commercial, like everyone's opinion is like pushing and pulling this thing, sure. which is fine if you have unlimited time, but we didn't. So right. it all turned out, it was very, very stressful. Um, you know, bathed in fire, I guess is, is the term birth, birth by fire. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really surreal to get it out there. I think I was at the bar and I, and I saw it and I was like, Hey, that's me. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to be, you know, just one of those, is that like one of those check marks, like one of those bucket list items, Super Bowl commercial check. I think after that, I mean, there was that. And then when I posted on the YouTube channel for the first time, yeah. like I was stressed, yeah. like, oh my God, is everything perfect? Oh my, oh, oh God. Did I remember to like check the lower third? Um, this is God. <laughs> okay. And it was like so stressful to publish a, a public YouTube video. But after I did that, that, and then the Super Bowl commercial, there was no anxiety about like yeah. posting anything. It's like, honestly, now it's like, eh, let's post it. What do you suggest <laughs> to somebody? Because I know that there's people out there listening that are, you know, they don't post nearly as much because everything mm -hmm. has to be perfect. The lighting is not perfect. Yeah. You know, they don't show their process because, well, that that's not quite as professional. What would you suggest? You know, what what is what is your take on on that? Sure. I, I think the, the the enemy of complete is perfect. Sure. So to say that perfectionism is good to have a good attention attention to detail is very important. Sure. Um, if you're able to catch things that no one else would while you're um, maybe like a specific line or the lighting or the sound, that's really important when you're striving for 
like high production quality. But if you're paralyzed by doing everything perfect, getting every detail perfect, you'll never get anything done. And for being a creative, what I always say and what I implemented in college is that every time you do a project, you learn something. Sure. But when you're in a project, there's only so many lessons you can learn. Like you're not going to have 50 takeaways from a project, no matter how big it is. Makes sense. Um, so the more you create, the more you'll learn. Um, an another quote is um, fail often, succeed sooner. Sure. So, you know, not to say that a, com a project is a complete bust, but if you're doing something, you're learning that you can um, maybe shoot it this way so you can be a little bit more efficient or you can shoot it that way so that um, a motorcycle won't pass, you know, and, and ruin your audio and you have to do another take. So or for instance, Emily could come home and be right in the middle of the podcast. Hey, Emily. <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear Lesson that. Lesson learned. So, yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't set up the podcast in your, your dining room. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, I very much empathize with perfectionism. Sure. Because everyone goes through that. Um, but especially when you're in the beginning of your journey for building a skill, you learn so much at the beginning. Like, sure. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that graph, but essentially it's like a exponential curve. Yeah. So like early on, you learn so much so quickly. And then once you get to a certain level, you can really hone in on certain details and try and make it as perfect as possible. But right. even at that point, even at that point, like just talking about media in the way that like content creators and people get popular is not through one really good piece of content. No. It's a ton of content. I mean, if you, I'm not even on TikTok, screw that platform <laughs> on the record, fuck TikTok. Uh, <laughs> but it, you know, like if I were freelancing, I, I think I would have to be on TikTok, but most of that content on there is just whatever yeah. like i am baffled still to this day the level of production quality like the the standard that is um like required not even required i don't think there is a requirement you no. can literally there it could just be the worst video from a traditional technical standpoint but it could be the biggest thing on tiktok so yeah. like the way that we make content now is very much like let's optimize it let's make it efficient and let's put a lot out let's get uh, let's get ourselves out there occasionally sure do something really awesome, but you still, the more you do, the more you'll learn. Now that, that rings very true. I mean, it's, we talk about all the time on this podcast where it seems like it's such like a roll of the dice and no matter how much time and effort you put into something, it's still the same amount of odds that it goes viral and virality, you know, even then, as long as you, it gets to most of your subscribers, that's like a good post, mm -hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is whatever it is, what it is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's very much I, I totally agree with you. That's that rings very, very true for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it depends on the platform, too. Yeah. Um, I work pretty closely with um, our social team. So yeah. a lot of that rubs off on me, but I'm probably not the most expert opinion on this, but it definitely depends on the platform. So like you can't just post um, on TikTok what you would on IG reels, um, even on Instagram, like it changes with the algorithm. Like really when you're posting content on social media and you're trying to put yourself out there, if you're doing it alone, you are at a severe disadvantage, especially when compared to big brands, because they have 
social teams right just for that you know and they're they're researching different trends they're researching different keywords um they're on like google trends um ask the public like they are searching what they're tr- doing research on what other people are looking for and they're optimizing their content around that and you know not to say you can't do it as a single like an individual creator because that happens all the time but like it's a real challenge to to like really do it well if you had one piece of advice for someone like like i do where i'm just Mm -hmm. a one-man team i shoot i make everything myself and i shoot everything myself and i just try to you know throw as much crap up against the wall hoping that one or two pieces of content stick Mm -hmm. what is a piece of advice that you would give a guy like me sure it's gonna sound like two pieces of advice but one give uh, me 50 pieces of advice <laughs> i want to hear it all in general if you're doing it yourself you got to find ways to um make it efficient yeah find a process that works make it repeatable so you can do it a bunch of times yeah um the first few times you can you can um you know put more effort into testing it or like you know maybe do it this way but once you find something that works make it efficient and keep doing it because yeah again you're a one-man show you can only put so much effort in those specific um avenues um another thing that you should be considering is the impact of of what you do so the that's so that's not to interrupt you but we had a really great conversation at freddie's bar just down the road okay where we really talked about you know really diving into what your ideals are as a brand and it's not like oh i want to save the the platypus like mm-hmm. that's that is an an ideal with a capital i i what what well maybe i can just you know turn it over to you like what is the because you gave me some really great advice yeah. i want to you know let's let's talk about it again i mean i can we can do brand as a whole topic in a moment sure um i feel like it's a little bit separate to the discussion oh, that we sure, were just sure, having, sure. if you don't mind yeah of course. i know you're in charge but nah, no i'm not in charge <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> um but impact with effort uh, make sure that the impact of what you're putting out matches the amount of effort. So like, if you think you're only going to get a hundred people seeing your post, put minimal effort in like one to two minutes. Like if, if you think that this post is going to get like 5,000 eyes, maybe put a little more effort in. Um, there's like a whole content triangle where it's, um, I think it's hub. What is it? At the bottom of the pyramid is a, it's just maintenance stuff. It, right. You got to do it. You got to post on Instagram or whatever. You got to do customer service. Make that as easy as possible. That stuff is just like you're doing it. Make it as easy as possible. The next tier is stuff that works really well and is like the bread and butter of your content. That's like a little bit more effort. Try and make that efficient as well, but a little bit more effort. And at the very top, it's experimental. So this is a new project. So like you're trying something different. You're trying a new strategy. Very little. Like this is 10% of the stuff that you're doing put an um put a lot more effort into it because you're trying something new now if i could kind of break that down to my personal business which will probably bring you know kind of be a little bit more to what my you know the listeners here would kind of see so the bottom of the triangle for me Mm -hmm. is like the the everyday post like the in process post normally what i do is let's say I'm grinding bevels. Mm-hmm. So I grind bevels all day. And at the end, I'll just take it outside real quick, put it up against like the, the green foliage, foliage, mm-hmm. foliage. Is that a word? Yeah. 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 I'll put it up against the greenery. Just take a quick picture and post it and do a quick little blurb, like mm-hmm. ground bevels today. I really like the way this is going. What do you think? Yeah. You know, do that three times a day though. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the bottom 
the easy takes two minutes tops. Yep. Or another one is that that sticker thing I've been doing. I've been trying to do every day, but sometimes I forget. Yeah. Where it's it's literally I spent one day and slapped up a hundred stickers and made mm-hmm. the same piece of content over and over again. And that's how I start my day every day at around six o'clock. Yeah. Make that same post and it takes me one minute, put it all together, put a piece of music behind it, get it out there. So that's that's the bottom. That's the low, low effort, you know, probably low yield content. Sure. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle is what I would imagine is like my finished prod, like my finished knives pictures mm-hmm. that I'll take down to the Chippewa River and take some really nice photography of it. I'll do a couple reels or, you know, vertical video, you know, something that I post to TikTok, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. where I take a little I take another when I go down there, I'm, I spend about an hour to take pictures of four knives. Yeah. And, you know, I'm taking a bunch of pictures and I'm really being intentional about it. Those ones I'll sit down and, you know, type up something a little bit more meaningful, a thought, you know, something that inspired me making it or, you Mm -hmm. know, what it is itself, what it's going to be used for, try to entice. That's kind of like the middle. What what I feel like is the top and I'm sure you're going to you're going to totally agree with me is YouTube is that that top for me. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, you and I spend hours and, you know, it's it's showing a lot more in depth background. You know, you're seeing all of the process. You're seeing the most polish and it takes the most time. So, yeah, I I would certainly agree with the way that you uh, um, implemented that. Like, what would be a metaphor? I don't know. Symbolism, whatever. Um, I would say that try and apply that structure to more like regular processes. So like, instead of just individual pieces of content, think about it as if like, okay, here's my, my posting schedule for the day. Maybe you're in what you're going to post on Instagram is like your everyday hygiene, just get it done. Sure. Efficient. The middle tier is like doing your projects, doing the different your different orders, your different knife making stuff. And then experimental might be like, okay, I'm going to try a different piece of material. So I'm going to go in, put a lot of effort into trying a new different material that might sell more, but if it doesn't work, forget about it, go do something else or like try, go try something else. That's the thing that's hard for me because if that experimental thing doesn't work, you've just sunk a lot of time into something that flops. Yeah. And that's what experimenting is for. Eventually you'll find something that really works. And then when it does, you make it efficient and you incorporate into the lower, lower parts. I mean, business in general is like trying to make processes and uh, different things more efficient so that you're spending less time on it. You're spending less money. Well, I mean, that, that also brings super true because like everything that you do, the first time you do it, you hyper fixate on it, on it. You need to make Mm -hmm. it perfect. And then once you've done it three or four times, it's, you know, it's just something you do in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. And, and knowing your brand, your company, like I, I mentioned it with the CMU, with like right. the brand pillars, um, talking about leadership, um, talking about once you graduate, you're going to have, you're going to have a job, you're going to have a position. Um, we're fired up. Uh, <laughs> that, that's part of our brand is, is being fired up um about just everything um and so like when you you talked about freddy's and like you know the business thing right branding it is how people interact with your business right 
what they think of it. It might not be a conscious thing. Like if you ask someone what they, what they thought of Apple, they probably say elegant, easy to use luxury. That stuff is what Apple has told people to think about their brand. And I guarantee you in the back room somewhere, those three exact words are up on wall and big bold or very something very similar. I guarantee in their brand strategy, I just hit like three of those things. Right. Um, and that's very intentional on their part, but they're not explicitly telling you that they ne- they're never. Well, sometimes they're like Apple is luxury. <laughs> A- Apple is lo- elegant. But when you think of their commercials, it's like these rotating product shots. And it's like, whoa, look at that. It's so mystical. Sure. Buy it, buy it. Status. Um, but the, your business at a, on a small scale level, the way that you talk about your business should be consistent. Mm. So one day you shouldn't be saying, hey, this knife was made with really eco-friendly materials. Um, it won't harm the environment. Even all the processes were eco-friendly. And the next one be like, ha ha, we cut down 50 trees with this knife <laughs> to make it screw you environment, screw you earth. You know, like that's, yeah. that's inconsistent. And like, obviously that's an extreme, but um, you know, some of, some of your thought process should be going into how do I want to portray my business? How, what do people what do I want people to think about my business? What kind of people, what kind of customers should I want to be attracting with my business? How do, who should I want to connect with, with this? And then once you figure out kind of those, um, those priorities for you, let that integrate that into every business process. Right. You know, like it should be consistent speaking from the university. Everything we do is consistent with our brand. And we keep it very consistent. And if you do that, like it's crazy. We asked someone, one of the, I guess, one of the faculty members on campus that we didn't do any brand training with. We didn't explicitly tell them the brand pillars. And we, we asked them what they thought CMU stood for. And they pretty much nailed all the brand pillars without explicitly being told so. So like it works. People will attach themselves to your brand and get that message if you keep it consistent. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, for a knife maker or a maker in general, Mm -hmm. you know, it really once you sit down and you actually write things out and you realize, okay, this this is the the general feel. This is what I want to portray my brand as, Mm -hmm. you know, that can that can inform not only how you make content, what type of content you make, but also you know, it can start ma- informing, okay, am I going to do this type of a knife or am I going to do this type of a yeah. knife? And, you know, consistency, you know, we've constantly, we used to hammer all the time. Consistency is key when you're posting. Mm-hmm. Consistency, not only in posting, but in what you post mm-hmm. can take you to that next level. Yeah. And can I give some of your secret sauce away? <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, it's not that, but like some of your priorities as a business. Okay. Yeah, like, of course, customer service is super important to you. Right. So you're going to put effort and resources into like having really good customer service, um, like an ordering thing. Like when people ask you for a custom order, you give them a ton of attention. You make sure that you walk them through that and you keep them updated during the order process. Or for you, you say like you, you much prefer to make tools instead right. of anything Weapons. that could be portrayed as a weapon. Right. That's part of your brand. So like customer service and, um, tools, not weapons. That's part of your brand. And so like, I think you do a pretty good job of keeping that consistent. So like, that's just one example of something 
you know, close to us. Let's, I mean, maybe this is putting you on the spot. Sure. But if you could make one change in my branding, if you could make one change that you think that could really help me propel onto the next level, Mm -hmm. what would you have me do? Speaking in general or like just a specific platform? Okay. Open. You can say whatever the hell you want. (laughs) Um, Go for it. I think honestly, this is really hard and this takes a lot of practice and I'm not a writer either. Sure. Um, the, the people on our writing staff are, are fantastic. They're wizards. I don't know how they do it. Um, I would try to develop some kind of brand language. So one kind of lay out what is important to you, what's important to your business, how, like what kind of customers, what kind of business you want to do. Um, and then craft that brand language. So like get used to talking about your business a certain way. So like if you're going to make a post about an in-process knife. So you just grinded for three hours, whatever. Hey, just grinded for these, um, just grinded these customer orders, um, sending progress pics to them today, or like, uh, keeping customers informed about their order or, um, just got another order. They're really excited. Um, tools, not weapons. You a finished knife. Oh man, I can't wait for this knife to be passed down through the generations. Sure. All the great work. Um, it's going to help my, my customer, uh, or whatever. Like, again, I'm not a writer. You, you did put me <laughs> on the spot. I can't yeah. wait for them to like use it and yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and integrate. That's what I mean by brand language is it. So like you didn't say in that finished knife post, I make tools, not weapons. You said, look at, look at this tool that's going out to the customer. Hopefully, you know, my, always my goal is to make it pass down through the generations. Sure. And some yeah. of that sounds goofy, like doing that is kind of goofy to a certain level, especially if you've never done it before. But right. like once you get used to it and some people might be like, oh, it sounds so corporate or whatever, but the corporate stuff works. Yeah, there's a reason why <laughs> corporate, the entire idea of being corporate is, you know, towing the line that everyone likes. Yeah. I mean, well, well how, how many how many people do you run into? They're like, oh, I hate commercials. They don't even work. It's like, okay, well, if they didn't work, why are they spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars on commercials? Like they clearly work. I know they're dumb. Like you might hate the state farm commercial, but you know exactly the name I'm thinking of when I say from state farm, (laughs) that's incredible marketing. It's dumb and stupid and we hate it, but it works. So sometimes and that might be a part of your brand strategy is like, okay, maybe I'm, I really want to be authentic. Like I don't want to come off as like this big corporate brand. I want to be like really personable and interject your own identity into it. Now with, you know, if I can interject for just sure. a second with, you know, artisanal pieces or high-end pieces or one-off knives, whatever most people that are listening make, mm-hmm. you know, the the whole reason why people are choosing you over going down to Walmart or even a nicer high ends, you know, they, they could go walk into a big box store and find a better knife. That's going to last. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're choosing you is because they like you. So putting yourself and, you know, like you said, being authentic in your post and in your, you know, what you portray yeah. is going it for me personally has worked. Mm-hmm. And I imagine works for a lot of people. Like why the hell do people bribe, buy Brian house's, you know, grinders. It's because yeah. Brian house is a badass and people like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And 
it's it's all branding. Um, I think one challenge with it, making your business yourself is that you, if you want to integrate um, a cohesive band, brand strategy, you kind of have to live your own brand. I know right. brand is becoming a buzzword because we keep saying it a lot, but like if if my business, like say I'm running my business on Instagram, it's sure. named K Fields Vid. I have to live my brand. What I portray as myself, I have to like live it and and portray that. And that can be hard for people um, who are humble or more bashful about just talking about themselves. So like if you're um, an, an independent business and you're like super humble, like you don't even want to talk about your stuff and you can't even sell your stuff, it can be really, really hard to be successful in getting your name out there because you kind of have to get used to selling yourself. And, you know, having a little bit of an ego, like businesses kind of need to have a little bit of an ego. And if you're not an egotistical person and your business is you, that might be a challenge for you. Let's talk about Kyle Fields, the man. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Total pivot. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You know, I have, I've always been a fan of not only who you are as a person, but Mm -hmm. also you know, what you create through, you know, with through all of the different avenues, K Fields vid, you know, that's, that's, you have your, um, your drone footage. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always like, when you get into that, it's so fun to see how you went from buying an off the shelf drone and like just screwing around with it to how quickly you were able to progress into, you know, the, the FPV stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, how, how you can take, you can hyper-focus on something and go from, you know, relatively normal, not necessarily mediocre to damn good at it. So mm-hmm. incredibly quickly. And that's something that you, it seems like there's quite a few different ways where you're able to pick up things incredibly quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want me to give you, thank you, by the way. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it takes practice. Yeah. Um, when it comes to just education, I think that started in college. I recognized that um, my grades as my my specific degree, if yeah. you're a STEM major, this does not apply. But I realized that my specific degree, my gra- my grades mattered way less than what I was doing outside the classroom. Sure. So like for a video project. Yeah, you can do a class project, but if you're not doing something outside the classroom and you're building yourself up, then you're not going to be successful at their school. Um, so like, I guess that is just kind of being intentional about your own growth and what you're learning. Um, sure. sure. I'm not like, I don't have everything planned out. I don't have like a planner where it's like, I'm going to learn this skill this day. I have this, right. but being intentional about like where I want to be and then building habits to grow and progress towards that. So like sure. if I want to do FPV, okay, I'm going to watch a bunch of content about FPV. I'm going to try and find the creators that are talking about it. And then, okay, how do I get, how do I get started? So then I bought a controller and had a simulator and I was in the simulator every day for three months. Um, and talent can only get you so far sure being consistent with what you're working on and um also having the conviction to come to follow through because you know you might have hiccups here and there things happen i've tried to run 
a marathon like twice and I got injured every time. Mm. And now I'm in the gym doing strength training. And like, that's been three, four years. That journey has been in the scale of years, not weeks or months. FPV, I've been doing that for two years. His journey has been in the scale of, of years. So having those long-term goals that being intentional and just little incremental steps, little habits, make it easier. Like the first time you do something, yeah, it's going to be hard. You're going to sit down and it's just going to be, <laughs> you know, you might be really anxious about it. You might, you might not be able to start. Sure. Starting something is sometimes the hardest thing. Cause you're like, Oh God, it's so big. Like I can't even wrap my head around it. And to this day, some video projects, it's like, I can't even start. I'm sure. so anxious. I'm going to go be focus my attention on some other thing. Right. Um, but once you get, once you start and you start going, you find ways where you can make it a habit. You can get better a little bit every day. Um, so I, I don't remember what question you had. <laughs> it's fine. It was probably a bad question anyways. But I mean, uh, it, it sounds so hokey. My, myself from 2018 or 2019, well, maybe a little further back, maybe like 2017, 2018, we think that some of the things I'm talking about and doing is ridiculous. I would probably laugh at myself. Like, right. oh, you read self-help books? But <laughs> who the hell is this guy? He's so self-involved. Or like, oh, you, you um, consume content about like, I don't know, making your life more efficient? Or you journal? Like, oh, what a freaking dork. What a nerd. Um, but a lot of that different content, a lot of those habits have um, really paid off. Sure. Like what you do now it's just the beginning of the curve. Right. And it's something I told you with your business. You're like, at one point, I think you were worried about not getting as many views on YouTube or whatever. Right. I was like, dude, you are at the very bottom of this curve right now. Like any well, up and down is minuscule once you scale out six or seven years. So like, yeah, it really is hard in the moment, but thinking about like where you're going to be in a few years. And if you keep working on it, you just keep working on it every day or every week and take a break. Don't kill yourself and burn out. Right. But if you just consistent growth, slow growth, and you'll, it'll, it'll pay off. It'll For pay sure. off. For sure. Another pivot. So <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep you changing gears. Roll, I, dude. <laughs> I know. I know I do, but I, I could see that like you were, you just built up to that crescendo. So I wanted that crescendo to be the crescendo. Okay. Switching over. So one of the questions I always ask guest whenever i whenever normally i do interviews but this is a normal show whatever whatever okay, okay. so i want to talk about when you if you can think back to when you were a kid and you had your maker switch turned on so this this concept is just like the the first time that you had an idea for a project Mm -hmm. And then you just like, okay, screw it. I'm going to go out and do it. Normally the people who I'm talking to, it's, it's like my story. It was like going out to my grandpa's barn and building a, a birdhouse, even mm -hmm. though it literally wasn't a birdhouse. It just kind of vaguely made the shape of a birdhouse. Yeah. But with you, I imagine it's something to do with photography or something along those lines. Um, maybe it's Wurzdorf. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's what it is, but can you kind of expand on if you can remember the first time that you had the idea to do something and mm -hmm. then you made it happen yourself? Well, I, the one thing is probably early video making. Um, I don't remember why, or if I had expressed any interest in this sort of thing, 
But at one point, my parents gave me like this really crappy camcorder. Like I remember it was lime green. I wish I had it. <laughs> I had the second camcorder, but the first one I don't have anymore. Sure. Um, but this is like flip video quality. If you got, if you all remember the flip camcorder, it just had the little USB that came out, um, the early vlog type stuff. But I must have been eight, eight to ten, and I had a cam that camcorder, and. I got into into YouTube a lot or like movies or whatever it was. And I started making videos with my friends. Like I'd go over their house and just like make dumb videos. Yeah. Um, and we'd post it on YouTube. The channel still exists. But Is I'm, it still out there? I'm not going to drop that, that, uh, that name, unfortunately. Oh, I, I remember you telling me about this before and you wouldn't give me it back then. I might give it to you personally, but on a public platform like this, maybe Uh, I'll keep it to myself. We're talking like 2010. Like that channel is really old. Um, And the stuff I was posting on there were videos I made even years prior. So like I was probably making stuff when I was like 10 to 12. Okay. Um, I can't think of a specific project. They were dumb. If you think about like, you know, 12 year olds and what, what, (laughs) what they think is fun. Like, you know, it's, it's really dumb stuff, but it was, I was out with my friends and whatever interests we had at the time, we just go out and make something and it was just terrible. And we didn't have a sense of production quality. Like, you know, it was just out having fun. Now I may be misremembering, but I kind of half-assed remember you talking about how you made a video when you were a kid asking your older self different questions. Was that, was that something I'm remembering or is that? Um, yeah, there was one video where this was on Wurzdorf and I can't na- name drop that one. Okay. Um, that, that's kind of like when I call duty commentaries were getting really big and I wanted to get in on it and I was probably like 14. Um, <laughs> I had, a, I had a, my camcorder filming my big TV playing call of duty. That <laughs> and then I and commented getting, over it. You're getting that like fuzz of the, uh, you know, trying to record a screen. Yeah. Yeah. That was really bad. Um, but there was one video I, I did on there. I was playing, I was doing a commentary over world of tanks. Yep. <laughs> I think I was 17 when I did it. And it was basically before I went to college and basically like talking through what, where I was at, what I wanted to get out of college, basically high school, senior to college, senior. And I, think I went back and watched it and commentated over it. If I'm not mistaken, I think it okay. might be on the same channel or on um, my latest channel, which is just my name. You can find it in the Instagram bio. You can subscribe if you want, but I haven't posted in a little while. <laughs> Working full time. It's hard to work, be in front of premiere for eight hours and then go home and want to do your own projects. Um, or, you know, do that for some jackass that you're sitting across from. That's different. <laughs> okay. That, that's different. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a whole different conversation about passion projects becoming a job and what happens then. Like, yeah, it's it's there's a whole different thing. But anyways, yeah, I, I responded to it as like a whatever college senior. Um, and it was it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I grew so much in college. So um, meek, nerdy, dorky high schooler and then college senior. Still really nerdy. <laughs> better hair (laughs) a little less meek for sure yeah the cool thing the coolest thing about recording yourself in that moment is sometimes when like something will happen let's say in world of tanks something will happen and then high school me 
will react in a certain way and I'll have the compulsion to react exactly like I yeah. did four years prior, yeah. which is super bizarre. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to like journaling is one of those things. I do, do it once a week now, but um, one of the best things is like three months um, ahead, you go back and you read what you were going through, whatever challenge you were trying to overcome, like whatever problem. And then you think back, it's like, oh my God, that was like nothing. nothing. <laughs> Why was I worrying about that? Um, and so I, that helps get things out there, work through things when you don't have someone else to talk to. Like I've been single for five years, so I don't have a significant other to, you know, talk those things through. Sure, sure. Now, you know, another thing that I have tried to incorporate into my own life that mm -hmm. I've seen because of what I saw you do yeah. is, you know, you set goals like long term goals. Yeah. And it's, you know, you have a big whiteboard and you write it out in big letters and you like it. it's the fact that it's there right in front of you mm -hmm. keeps you accountable and it's, you know, ever present. You know, it's when you wake up, you see it every day and you you can't help but to keep yourself in line because there's your reminder. You yeah. can't just put it in the back of your mind and forget about it. Yeah. So what really pushed you to, you know, make that change and, you know, bring that into your everyday life? Yeah. I, I'm going to mess up this specific phrase, but it's something like what is recorded is measured. Mm. Um, or at least in that spirit, maybe it's not that exact wording, but um, you have so much going on in your head, you know, like you have so many thoughts, but until you put it out, like either you say it, you tell someone or you talk to yourself, I'm not going to judge, or you write it down in a journal or write it down as a goal. It's just going to keep bouncing around in there. It's going to be kind of this abstract idea. And, and if you're like me, you're like crazy attention. where are just like there, 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 or like super hyper focus on something and get really in your head about it. Um, I believe that's called ADHD. It might be. <laughs> I I have not been to therapy yet, so I have not diagnosed. I'm not in the habit of self-diagnosing, but sure. it, it very well could be. Um, so anyways, for anyone though, like writing stuff down, setting a goal, making it tangible helps you actually move towards it. Because otherwise, if you just keep it in your head, you're going to forget about it. Priorities change. Like we were just talking about with the journal three months prior, you were in a completely different set of problems. That's true. and unless you write it down, you know, in whatever form I'm, I'm not, I would never advocate at least for myself, like to have a planner where you're writing down 12 goals. Like some people that works for you, like right. doing a to-do list every day. Sometimes that really works. But for me, it's setting long-term goals. I, I think the, the, um, the acronym is smart goals. So like it's achievable, measurable, long-term I don't remember what the, what the I was going to say, this isn't really smell, no, it's spelling it's, smart. <laughs> I don't know what the actual words are, it's okay. but it's fine. essentially it describes goals that are, you can measure them. They're long-term. Um, you can track them. You know, you have the long-term goals, you have the medium goal, medium to long-term goals, and then you have the short-term goals and they all should build up to that longer, that longer time frame. It's astounding to me that, you know, if you just live your life without really thinking about it, without setting goals, you'll never know. Like you never, you, it's like trying to, you know, build something without a measuring stick. Mm -hmm. You, you don't really have the frame of reference. Am I doing it right? Am I doing things correct? Like yeah. having those measurable goals and having those things that set you up to like realizing, Oh shit, I'm, 
20% of the way there. I'm 50% of the way there. Yeah. That, that can be a nice little reward and keep you on track. Yeah. And you can reward yourself at different. You got to find out what works with you. Yeah. You know, we talked about like trying new things, keep trying. And then once you find what works, freaking go for it. Um, I think that the core of it, though, is you have to be honest with yourself. If you can't sure. have an honest conversation about your own situation, what you want, um, what do you prefer? What is your what do you want your life to be like? What do you want your relationships to be like? If you can't be open and honest with yourself, you're going to have a really hard time. That's true. Um, holding yourself accountable because you're just going to make excuses. You're going to you're going to lie to just yourself. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to lie and and um, uh, be in denial about certain things. You know, if you fail, it's someone else's fault. Like taking accountability and being honest with yourself. It can be. First of all, I acknowledge that that is super hard. Yeah. No one's perfect at it. Everyone it's so much easier it's so much easier oh my gosh to blame someone else to say that it was out of your control but doing the hard work hard work work for it good luck (laughs) oh hard work good luck that's another one for sure yeah yeah so like doing the hard work is it you're just gonna get so much further than taking shortcuts and that applies to obviously your job or whatever um profession you you're going after, but it also applies to your own personal growth. For sure. So speaking of personal growth, you're kind of on the cusp of a new chapter. Can we talk about that? Or do you kind of want to keep that in the back? I mean, um, for me, uh, it come it goes off into like being arrogant about my own career, but, um, you know, I've achieved some, oh, geez, I, I much prefer to be humble, but now you had just now. said a little bit earlier, being a businessman, you have to have a little bit of ego. Yeah, I know. So come on, let's see it, Kyle. Where's that ego? <laughs> That's why I was so bad at being a freelancer. <laughs> I couldn't sell myself for shit. Um, no, because of the master's degree, because of my experience at my current job, I'm feeling quite good about my career prospects, which is a super privileged position. Sure. I'm super lucky. Obviously, I put in a bunch of work, but um, what what what's the what's the formula? It's like preparation plus luck equals an opportunity or whatever. Hard work plus good luck equals yeah good outcomes. If an opportunity presents itself, you have to be ready for it. You can't just be lucky enough to have that door open for you. You have to be ready for it, um, which is another reason why you put a bunch of work into developing yourself. Um, but for me, yeah, that next move. Because of where I live, there's some social things that, um, like I just said, I've been single for five years, and that's because I'm living in a college town and I work for the university. So right. there's some a lot of weird dating things that will. I just completely shut that out because I don't sure. want to mess with it. I don't want to have any weird power imbalance if I happen to date someone at the university or whatever. Um, so being intentional about my life, my uh, professional life, and my personal life because. If you're like a if you're like a job centric person and your job is like very important to you and that's a big part of your identity, you still have to take care of your personal life because you can't achieve whatever job related goals you want to achieve if you're not taking care of yourself or like, you know, having a social life, a healthy social life or having healthy relationships. Sure. For me, the next step, yeah, I'm looking at, okay, where can I move physically to a place where I'm going to be able to achieve some of those social goals finding community people that are my age. Um, you know, I'm not that old. I'm 27, but old enough for it to be 
not ideal for me to be living in a college town anymore. Sure. Makes sense. So, I mean, can we say where yet or no? Nah, that's <laughs> no? still to be ter- determined. Okay. To be de- determined. Jeez. Okay. Been cool. so eloquent up to this point. <laughs> Why'd I mess it up <laughs> no, just it's, now? It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome that you're not only measuring yourself all the way across, but you're realizing, okay, this is a jumping off point mm-hmm. and it's time to take that dive. Yeah. And just being, um, I keep saying it, but being intentional, like having an honest assessment of where I'm at, what I want to do. And this is all high level stuff. Like if I hadn't put out in the work for the last four years to like figuring out who I am, build self-awareness, explore different things, build some relationships, I wouldn't be in the position I am now where I'm privileged enough to be like, I feel cocky about my next career move. I'm not even really worrying about the specific job position or whatever that I'm going to be doing. I want to, you know, have a healthy social life or it's not that I don't have it now. I want to have my ideal social life. Sure. But you have to put in yet. One has to put in the work ahead of time to be in that position. And, you know, it, some people like, you gotta really put in the work up front if you're maybe not to that level. That sounded super cocky, but you know, if you're, if you're lost and you're, you're like kind of drifting through things, like you kind of do have a little bit of work to do, but the good news is that it gets easier. The hard part is you got to do it every day. Right. That's a Bojack Horseman quote. Love that show. (laughs) And on that note, I feel like we've done a pretty damn good show. You know, normally there's, you know, hashtag WFI projects. There's the dad jokes. We're an hour and five minutes in. I feel like, you know, this is a great place. Normally I'd be playing the outro music, but (laughs) again, thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But yeah, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Go ahead and give yourself another plug. Yeah. um, So you can find my my Instagram, kfieldsvid. Um, Fields F I E L D S, uh, in case, you know, I before E, um, you can find that, um, if you're interested in my own personal, uh, YouTube channel, um, the link is in the Instagram bio. If people at the university, we've had like two bio clicks in the last like year, nobody clicks <laughs> really? on Instagram bio links. Yeah. No one does it. So if, really? you're, if you're like really pushing that, check your analytics, make okay. sure you, you got the data to back it up to keep pushing that. Um, but anyways, you can find my YouTube channel through the Instagram bio. I'd love for you to subscribe. Um, the time might be coming soon for me to put more content out there. Um, but what, what kind of content are you thinking about throwing up there? I mean, the last, the last, uh, pieces, like when I was on my van life trip, um, were very like self growth, um, or personal growth, I think is the term, um, you know, being intentional about your lifestyle, that kind of stuff. But I also do travel stuff. So if any of the stuff that I've been talking to Brian about right here sounds interesting to you, then you might be, um, you might like some of the content I put up. Now, I said that we're about to get out of here and I know you kind of have a little <laughs> bit of a heart out, but I almost want to go into all of those van life things because just throwing a mattress in the back of the Astro van and going up into the UP and almost getting killed by that black bear. Oh my God. Come we were, on. We were in the van. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> It was a lot scarier in person. <laughs> well, I mean, do you do you do you need to have a hard out or do you want to you no, want to jump into it? I do want to brag that. Um, well, Brian introduced the idea to me, but I did my own little van life trip before it was cool. Oh, right. Back in right. 2019. You know, van life was a big trend during COVID, but 
I had an air mattress in the back of my minivan way before everyone else was doing it. So. Oh yeah. And that was, I, you know, you and I, and who else was, who else was on the trip with Brandon? Him? Brandon. Yes. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I just blanked on the name, <laughs> but anyway, so we went on the first leg of that from going from Michigan to DC mm-hmm. and going through the mountains and going through all that fun stuff. There was not enough room for the three of us. In oh my bed. gosh. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was like the worst sleep I've ever gotten. None of us are small men. So like, you know, we tried all these different combinations. At one point we were packed like sardines shoulder to shoulder. (laughs) And in the back of a van in like podunk nowhere. Yeah. I think that one was, where was that? It was right by, um, the Baskin Robbins or Dunkin Donuts. I think in that parking lot. And then Brandon got up at like 4am to pee. Yeah. And then he didn't come back. Yeah, I remember that part because the um, what was it? the Baskin Robbins had just opened and he he had looked to see that it was open before he went in to go pee. Yeah, and he was chilling in there for like an hour. Meanwhile, Brian and I like, oh, my God, is he dead? Because it was it was kind of a sketchy. It, it felt like podunk nowhere. But, yeah. you know, you never know. Yeah. Did he go around the corner and someone jump him? Yeah, <laughs> I met a lot of different amazing people, um, you know, if if the audience is primarily American, I might be preaching to the choir, but our country is very diverse when it comes to like landscapes, people, culture. It's really awesome. And if you stay in your own state, your own County, um, your whole life, you're really missing out. Yeah. So tell me a little bit because you know, this whole van trip, we went from Michigan over to DC down to Florida. Um, you guys flew out of, yeah, I flew out. No, it wasn't Atlanta. We flew out of Baltimore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you went down, was, did you go south of Atlanta? Like you, you went, basically went down the East coast, down through Texas, mm-hmm. over to the West coast, up the West coast, and then back. Yeah. I did a whole loop was, from, you all flew out of Baltimore and I got my dad in New York city. And then we went, I went all the way down to Florida and across the panhandle. Is it a panhandle? It's the top of the boot. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's the Florida panhandle. Yeah. Um, you didn't know. you didn't go down the dick you just went across <laughs> yeah okay. yeah those were some sketchy nights sleeping in a walmart parking lot by the way. <laughs> florida was easily the sketchiest place to i mean to come on <laughs> yeah sorry floridians but i'm gonna get some shit figured out um <laughs> anyways across across the um gulf of mexico so like into new orleans um and then like mobile um through texas i stayed in austin for like eight days i had a yeah. friend acquaintance from high school that let me sleep at his place for like three days. So you got out of the van for, yeah. As soon as you get out of the van, of course you stayed for eight days. <laughs> yeah. Torchy's tacos. If you were in Austin, wonderful. Then San Antonio across Texas, up through the American Southwest. So like, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Utah is beautiful. Um, up. I had friends in Portland that I, that was like the end of the trip. And then I went all the way across like another friend in Montana. I did, um, I drove 36 hours in two days, whatever. I think that's like 1200 miles from Portland to, um, middle Michigan. Yeah. So that was at, believe it or not, by the end of it, I was like, I, I want to get to work. It was <laughs> well, 50 days. I was like, man, I kind of want to like be productive. What the heck? The other fun thing is like you, you shot videos all throughout it. So it wasn't like you just experienced it. And then it's you, you had the videos that then became you know, it's like a little like timepiece. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole experience of your life that you can go through and watch. Yeah, it is really cool that it's documented. Um, and I guess it gave me the itch. I realized in myself that like being 
self-reliant and reducing all of the like complexity of day-to-day life is really, really cathartic for me. So like yeah. in van life, if I felt like getting out of there, I'd drive to another city. I'd drive like, I don't know, five, six hours to another city. Right. And I, that would be my accomplishment for the day. Which sounds super lame, but it's like, yeah, I'm in a whole different city now and I'm sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and peeing in the Gatorade bottle. <laughs> It's still sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and peeing in a Gatorade bottle, but now I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like, that's why I like backpacking now is that like all of your problems are right there. You got to make sure you keep water. You got to make sure you have food and you get to go to sleep. And that's all you have to worry about. You ain't got to worry about like, maybe it's because I have social anxiety and (laughs) removing the need to just talk to a bunch of people on a day to day basis is really appealing to me. But, you know. If I didn't go on that trip, I wouldn't have discovered that about myself. Now, would you do it again if you had the opportunity? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Part of the thing is like when I eventually make my next move is like, oh, should I take like three months off and just like hike a bunch? Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the typical hipster. I got the Subi and I could just fold the third, the second row back and just sleep in the back. You know, it could be that. Um, the Patagonia founder, Yvonne Chouinard, um, called those type of people dirt bags <laughs> which is like uh, uh an endearing term for someone that just like wants to get out there they don't give a shit about comfort they just want to get dirty and, yeah. and do it so i'm thinking about being a dirt bag for a few months hey man i mean that sounds it you know when i was checking in on you throughout that trip mm-hmm. i could tell that you were having the time of your life yeah i'm surprised that you don't do that more regularly i mean obviously I work time. you work for a full time but like <laughs> i could see you doing that because i remember we've had conversations where you're talking about wanting to do that like as a lifestyle yeah yeah no absolutely and i'm surprised they've they've kept me there for so long because you know i think we get like two and a half three weeks of vacation which is a lot for you know an american where we don't have any guaranteed vacation um it's still not enough and I would much prefer to be out there and do all that stuff. But I sacrificed a lot looping back to the previous conversation. I sacrificed a lot in the moment to get my master's to be in a better financial position. So I could go do and live my life. Cause you know, I could have left at any point and then ran up a, a credit card and just done that. But then, well, shit, there's my, there's the consequences, my actions. Right. But now I'm in a decent position where I can go do that and I'm much more comfortable and I feel very privileged to to be here. So you would say that your passion is really doing that dirtbag lifestyle, the 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 van life. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I need to take a little bit of credit for that because when we back when, you know, I was freshly broken up with, we were trying <laughs> to we're trying to get some Tinder profile pictures. Hey, my best buddy is a photographer. Let's let's go take a trip up into the UP, mm-hmm. throw a mattress in the back of the Astro van and just go on a trip and make make some content, have some fun with it, get some really good pictures. Mm-hmm. Real in Emily. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> um, but, you know, we went up we went up into the UP and maybe I can let you kind of tell more of the story. But we got right up to uh, where we thought was the um, what was it? Pictured rocks mm-hmm. up in the UP. Yeah. Just let's let's go into that story because I love that story. No, yeah. I was also um just done with a relationship as well. Right. Uh, I think that first one was you taking me. We went to the northern part of the lower peninsula and we got some Tintin fo- photos. Yeah. Um I don't remember if if that whole thing happened with you and going to the UP. Either way, we had both like basically ended up our relationships really close together. Yeah. Um but 
you had the idea to throw a queen mattress in the back of your Astro van and you can take all the credit for it because you absolutely jumpstarted a lot of that like hobby and interest in my life. You know, at that time, I didn't know what hiking was. I was a city boy, (laughs) like straight up. I, I thought I needed like survival things to go out in the woods for three hours. No. (laughs) And even in van, like when I was on the van life trip, I still didn't really understood it. And I got a grasp of it by the end. Sure. But it all started back in 2018 when you took me on that trip. Right. And we slept in the back of the Astro van. We were parked at Miners, uh, Miners Beach, mm-hmm. actually, which was very close to the actual beach there. So, like, we got there really late. But if we had lasted all the way until dawn, we could have walked out on the beach. Right. But I remember specifically, we were sleeping in the back. And I woke up at, like, 2.30 or 3 a.m. And this is going to sound suggestive, but when there's two people, when there's bodies in a car, there's going to be <laughs> condensation. And this right. is like October or November. So it's right. kind of cold out. The windows are going to get foggy. Right. Nothing fishy going on. Okay? <laughs> the windows are just foggy. <laughs> and I remember waking up at 3 a.m. I remember waking up at 3 a.m. and seeing something like a light in the woods. And I was like, yeah. Brian, we got to go. <laughs> we gotta go and i like crawl up into the the driver's seat and turn it on and dart Me- off meanwhile i'm like half awake yeah you're like, like what, what, come, what is come going on? on and it's like there's no way it was a park ranger why would they be patrolling at that time it's right. so dumb um but anyways that was just a fun little thing and then we got kind of like lost in the woods i remember there's a video of that yes that part of it um, back from 2018. <laughs> well, we we got to we got to that spot in Pictured Rocks, and we thought we were right close to it, but we parked, and then we looked, and it's like, um, what was it, a mile and a half hike through the woods down to yeah. where we wanted to go, and yeah. we ended up not end up going to where we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. It's just so we get there, and the sun is setting, <laughs> and we think we gotta go get the picture. It's gonna be for it's gonna be a great Tinder picture, you know. <laughs> the whole thing is you know getting there and getting those pictures. So we go bolting through the woods. And, you know, we're, we're hiking, we're, we're going fast. Um, probably three quarters of the way there, we come across this giant cave looking thing uh-huh. and, you know, all the way through, you know, oh, well, there's, there's definitely a band there. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Mountain <Get>, lion. <laughs> and then we get down to, I'm sorry, I'm totally taking over the yeah. story, but we get down, we get our pictures and, you know, we we're happy with it. The sun is fully set. Mm-hmm. it's we, dark we don't have any flashlights we're using our phone that's the thing we turn around and now there's an a mile and a half hike through the woods that we don't know through a trail <laughs> that is not even close to clearly marked and like most of the time it's literally like oh well the leaves look like they're walked on in that direction let's go there yeah and then you know of, like you just said, we didn't have flashlights. We didn't have proper hiking equipment. Yeah. We had the the phones in our pot. Like we had our phones to light our way back. Yep. On the way through, how did we feel about that that bear cave? <laughs> Dude, on the on the second pass, it was like, okay, we just got to go right past it. We just got to go, man. <laughs> there might be a freaking bear in there. It was all funny at first. It was like, oh, hee hee, there might be a bear. And then on the way back, oh my god, Brian, <laughs> we have to go. <laughs> Uh, you can find this video. I'm trying to search the the title of it, but on my channel, um, there's a whole video about it. Yeah. Um, what a blast that was, but like, it's not a good video, like by today's standards. No. Oh, literally the, (laughs) literally the name of the video is we saw bear at pictured rocks in all (laughs) capitals. Um, 
but like it's fun to go back you know it's been five years right it's, it's about to be five years and the climax to that story is we finally get back through the woods mm-hmm. we get to the van and we're all celebrated like we made it yeah hop in the van <laughs> oh and then on the way back we saw a bear yeah while we were driving yeah. But if you know anything about black bears, they're like little puppies. Come on. In the moment with the adrenaline rushing. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Whenever you see a bear, it's like. Bear! <laughs> so and I've been to Picture Drocks a few times um, on my channel. Actually, one of my favorite video series is a three part series with my buddy TJ going up into the UP. Yeah. Um, the first one has like 12,000 views. Oh, I know. Mr. Viral over here. Got 300 subscribers, but 12,000 views on mm. one video. Um. And we ended uh, in a specific beach. And recently I took a backpacking trip through Pectured Rocks. And we like, I did the whole thing. So it was kind of cool to mark the different locations. Like when we walked past Myers Beach, it was like, oh shit, Brian and I were sleeping in that parking lot over there. <laughs> or like when we were at Miner's Castle, where we took those photos like at mm-hmm. 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. we went back there and I took another photo of that. Um, that area definitely is very special to me. Yeah. Like thinking about all the different trips I had with friends and um, how that has jumpstarted my own like little junior outdoorsman phase. <laughs> little outdoor hippie Kyle. Yeah. Little, little dirt bag Kyle. Over yeah. There. It's not a phase mom. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Well, I said that we we're going to get out of here like 20 minutes ago. So I guess we should probably get out of here. I know you have a heart out and we're hitting it. So <laughs> I appreciate you again for sitting down with me. I really do. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, even though you might be moving away here soon, you know, you're you're one of my best friends. Oh. I want you to know that I appreciate you to my core. Yeah, let's get on out of here. I appreciate you guys. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm glad that you convinced me to do the podcast so you could be- ambush me with feelings at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate right. you too, Brian. I'm All right, gonna- Kyle. Say 10 things that you love about yourself. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Hope you guys all had a have a fantastic rest of your day. Let's get on out of here. Work for it.